chapter two of the Dyslexic Advantage. Hope you enjoy this. I'm going to give you a mind map summary of it and then I'm going to give you some of my favorite quotes and then a few personal reflections on what it's like. So here is the two minute summary of the 30 minute read. So uh, in this chapter, chapter two, um, Dr. Eid, the both Dr. Eads, Dr. Brock L. Eid and Dr. Ferne, Fernet F. Eid from the Dyslexic Advantage talk about dyslexia from two perspectives. Now, what they're trying to reinforce here is how you can look at dyslexia from a positive and a negative perspective. Here we go. So, it starts with Christopher. Three people. The mother comes along and meets Dr. Eads, the doctors, and talks about their third grade son who's got some gaps. He's got a high IQ, he's doing very well verbally, spatial reasoning, but has weak processing speed and working memory. And they say, ah, that's often, we call them young engineers. And they start asking about the pattern in the boys that often they have very good verbal history, maths, uh, fantasy literature, enjoy role playing, etc. Um, and, and go into all those kind of details, but struggle with handwriting, spelling, written expression, and then often have this in the family history. So the interesting thing is that they tell the family history from two perspectives. Perspective number one is Christopher, the young lad, um, the grandson, as it were. It's a, a story of three people. Christopher, the grandson, the mother, and then the grandfather. Christopher was late in speaking, slow to combine words and sentences, struggled with words, sharing his thoughts, and difficult to memorize, th memorize things, and all sorts of other difficulties that are associated with that. Then Kirsten, Kristen, the mother, um, was also slow to read, struggled with phonics and decoding, poor at writing and spelling, and had a weak uh, memory and auditory and verbal um, memory and struggled in school right up until the end where she really decided she needed the grades to get somewhere where she wanted to go. And then third story is the grandfather. James, the grandfather, um, was a slow reader and su succeeded at school due to his sweetheart wife who did a lot of the reading for him and still does. Um, I've got a quote on that that I love. Had difficulty handwriting and remembering equations and yet he was really good engineering. Now, as dyslexics, we can view them through this narrow focus. But what happens if you expand the focus outside of how they were seen within school just a little bit? What happens? What do you see? And from this perspective, they hit a double whammy here. So Christopher, at nine years old, very strong, 3D spatial thinker, builds lots of Lego, loves telling stories, loves reading, and his story's not told yet. He's nine years old. So next is Kirsten. Memory was good. Um, recall for num numbers and phone numbers wasn't so good, but she had a really good ability to visualize people and places and spatial awareness. And she experienced um, strong memory and connections and all of this that didn't necessarily relate to school. And what happened was, they go into this in a lot more detail and highly recommend you read it, but long and the short of it, she became an interior designer, although she could have been lots of other things, but she felt it suited her way of thinking more. And she became nationwide good at it. Um, now, the father, grandfather, James, 
Um, when he was six, he built a boat, a radio-controlled boat by himself with a compartment for his lunchbox. There's a pattern happening here. And he was interested in electronics, science, chemistry. He built a radio station, AM, a commercial one when he was in high school and sold it to an entrepreneur. And then he's got like 60 patents. But the interesting thing here, the big whammy is, he invented the CD player. Now, that's two different ways of looking at the same family through different perspectives. So what the Brocks are trying to share, uh, the Eads are trying to share here in Dyslexic Advantage is that dyslexia is that you're talented not in spite of your dyslexia, but because of your dyslexia. Their theory is that they're two sides of the same coin, that um, it comes with challenges because those areas of the brain have been added to other areas that make them extra able in those areas which aren't often reflected in schoolwork. So they tell this lovely little story about a list of famous basketball players. And those basketball players are some of the 30 best basketball players, but they also sting in the tail say, this is also the top 30 people who struck out when they were hitting. They, they kept striking out. They were the worst strikers out. And so on the one hand, they could have a deficiency in batting and yet because they struck out, but actually what happened was they struck out and, but they, they actually managed to get lots of home runs and do very well for their team. And this is a common theme with dyslexics. So that's the summary. He, let's look at some of my favorite quotes. Um, here's some favorite quotes. Page 10. While he scored well on tests measuring verbal and spatial reasoning, his performance was weaker on tests measuring processing, speed and working memory, or mental desk space, which we'll discuss later. Oh, I love that phrase, mental desk space, as a phrase for working memory. You know, we have a smaller desk to put stuff onto, so we have to clear it continually. Nice one. And then... Um, my next favorite is next in line 12. Uh, they make frequent word substitutions like peaches for pears, struggle to get her thoughts down in writing and spared very, spelled very poorly. Kristen also had a weak memory for auditory or verbal sequences like phone numbers or word spellings. And then uh, talking about the, the grandfather, he always been a slow reader has never read for pleasure and, according to his family, was able to succeed in high school and college largely because his childhood sweetheart and now wife of nearly 60 years, good on you, Barbara, helped him do the reading for his coursework. She still helps him with business-related reading. My goodness, this is such a common story with dyslexics and my wife does the same thing for me. And um, next quote, as we'll see later in chapters, this vivid type, this type of vivid episodic memory is extremely common in individuals with dyslexia and it's often accompanied by weaknesses in abstract verbal or semantic memory. I just love this going into depths of different kinds of memory because I have a terrible memory for some things and a great memory for other things and it's always puzzling me. So while Kirsten's memory skills are impressive, they did little to help her with her schoolwork. Though channeled properly, they clearly could have 
Instead, her vivid recall of personal experiences often created a powerful inducement to daydream. As a result, it took a great deal of interesting outside stimulation from her teachers to hold her attention. Sound familiar? Then, at age six, the grandfather, he built his first radio-controlled boat, which he designed to include a special compartment to carry his lunch. He spent much of his time taking things apart to see how they worked. And his interest in electronics was further piqued when an electrician visited his home to install a new stove and took the time to demonstrate his tools and techniques. I remember that myself, being fascinated by workmen coming into the house, watching what they did, learning from what they did. In fact, my mother made me do that because she knew that I was able at that and not so able at other things in school. And it gave me a sense of confidence. Smart mum. James invented the seven components that together became known as the compact disc system just because he got so tired of wearing out his LPs consistently, he designed the compact disc system. The impact of this invention on data storage and retrieval, not just for music, but all types of information, has been profound. In fact, you'll find James T. Russell's compact disc system on many lists of the most important inventions of the 20th century. Now, there are countless people around this world, dentists, doctors, all sorts of people, providing little solutions where two areas aren't quite working, and he's one of them. Um, so they're saying here, instead, we are claiming that certain talents are as much a part of dyslexic processing as better known challenges, that the strengths and the challenges are simply two sides of the same neurological coin. Now, they tell a story about the um, the, the batsman and the, the um, what do you call it? Basket, but baseball. That's right, I'm in Scotland. And they end with this. The home runs that dyslexic brains have been structured to hit are not perfect reading and spelling, but skills in other kinds of complex processing that we'll discuss throughout this book. And it's because dyslexic brains have been organized to make these home runs possible that they're also at higher risk for striking out when they try to decode or spell words. The weaknesses are simply the flip side of the strengths. So those are my favorite parts of that chapter two. And uh, I'm really looking forward to chapter three, actually how dyslexic brains differ. A few reflections on that. I think what really popped out for me, which might seem a little bit oblique when you're, when you're reading it yourself, but on page 15, uh, when Kristen's memory skills are impressive um, <clears throat> and this episodic memory, it, it really made me realize about my memory. There are times when I can remember very clearly what everyone said in a certain conversation and that attentiveness and so on and that episode, as it were. And yet I can watch an episode of a movie and not remember it at all when I come back to it. And what's happening in that? And I found that, you know, when I pay that kind of attention with a, with a mind map, for example, I sit down, I draw it, I doodle it, I really am processing it internally, somehow emptying my working memory down on a piece of paper as I'm listening really allows this, you know, desk space to be cleared. And I think I often need to 
rapidly clear my desk space while I'm listening by drawing and taking notes, especially mind mapping for me, bullet mapping for me, um, so that I can take more information in and um, really maximize this episodic memory. Uh, that's what I really took away from this. And gosh, they do a good job of contrasting the two views of this family from grandparent, parent to child through the, the narrow view of reading and writing compared to their impact on the world and what they can actually do in the long term. And for me, the biggest lesson that this book is teaching me and life is teaching me is to take a long-term view of things. If you think long-term, you win. And in many ways with dyslexic teenagers and children, I think we need to think more long-term with them than often uh, regular children who are used, are, whose aptitudes are in sync with the, the school's cycle. So for example, often a lot of dyslexics really start reading a lot when they're in their 20s, myself included. I've got a pile of books here. But when I was 13, I, I hardly was able to read asterisks and things like that. It was really quite hard. And so over a longer, instead of thinking that the result has to happen by 17 or 18, maybe we, t we stretch that to 24, 25 and look at different routes and things like that. So having that longer term view as a parent, I think is crucial. So I hope you enjoy this. If you want to keep, listen to more on this podcast, keep listening. I've just uh, recorded an episode 14 about Helen Wells previously, who is a special education needs coordinator in a school for 10 years and that was really fascinating i just recorded that and published that so i hope you enjoyed this little episode see you later bye this podcast is sponsored by dyslexiaproductivitycoaching.com it's my day job when i'm not hosting this podcast tell me do you know what you want to achieve in the workplace but you're struggling with how to achieve it maybe you suspect some traits of dyslexia are getting in the way well, that's where Dyslexia Productivity Coaching comes in because we give you a simple productivity system for your Apple devices that harnesses the creativity that comes with your dyslexia. It includes proven methods like note-taking, reminders, speech-to-text, mind mapping, and more, all tailored to your needs. It'll free up your time and help you achieve outstanding results. Book a complimentary call to discuss it with me, and if you do it soon, I may also be available to coach you personally via Zoom. So don't be shy. Go to dyslexiaproductivitycoaching.com or swipe up and book it now.